you get you dancing here though. Welcome back to the Super Flexible Podcast. This is episode 121. I'm here with John Lobb. John didn't even really know what show he was coming on until it was introduced. <laughs> <laughs> you do, man, you do so much amazing stuff. Like, I have to have it in front of me to try to read it. But you are the gridiron scholar, like, true to form, taking those, the, the, from college to campus, could we say? Or campus to... <laughs> I guess I, a little bit, yes, that's fair. A little bit of fumbling with my tongues. <laughs> so what have you been working on? Well, as you know, the college football season just ended, and it is now, for me, the draft season. And we just got through Senior Bowl week, my friend. So basically from January 2nd, to yesterday, I've been working on the Senior Bowl prospects. And now I started last week my quarterback analysis yes. for the class of 2021. And I always start with the quarterbacks first. Remember, I've been watching these quarterbacks since at least September, some of them for three years. I've been watching Trevor Lawrence for three years, yeah. my friend. So uh, I want to interrupt you because I know where you're going and I don't I don't I want to how do you feel about the senior bowl? I like the in, senior in bowl. Whole, like what value. do you take out of it? Do you I mean some people think it's kind of BS, some people take it more serious than others. Like how do you feel about that? I'm very much into the senior bowl. If you want to win a fantasy football league, you can't just win it with your first pick. Redraft, dynasty, devi, keeper, any yeah. type of draft you know you don't win or lose in the first round granted you don't want to lose Dak Prescott that's not the point but that's we can't control that but you can get depth if you had drafted Dak Prescott in round four or five and came back with Josh Allen in round 12 you probably won your league we know I mean all of us who played for a long time we know that depth means everything and a knowledge of the players. One year I won a championship in a dynasty league, and in my championship game it was Elijah McGuire of the Jets, and, oh my God, it was another, I'm trying to think now, another player similar, it was two years ago, 2018, another like Elijah McGuire, a, a player who got in the, in the league, oh, Spencer Weir I think it was. Yeah, that would make sense. A, a player who came up late in the season got an opportunity. And why do I know these players? Because I saw them in college. I put them in my draft guides. I know the depth. Cooper Cup. I had heard about Cooper Cup at Eastern Washington, but that's an FCS school. Hard to get film on Cooper Cup before the Senior Bowl. You looked at the statistics. So sometimes if, you, if you're like me, you're a nerd, you're just sitting around, I'll pop up East, um, FCS football stats. And you're like, oh, my God, every once in a while, some kid shines. You're like, where did they get 2,000 yards from? Where did these all these receptions and Cooper Cup pop? But you need to know how does he do against top-level competition. Then he goes to the Senior Bowl, and you read the reports. You watch it on film. You see the game day stuff on the Saturday. And you begin to put together the puzzle, Cooper Cup can play in the NFL. I need to know all these players, who they are. Because while they may not, Shane, win me week one of a fantasy season, they might win me week 10, week number 13. You know, Daryl Williams, I saw him at LSU. Now, he wasn't a star at LSU, but now he's doing great for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. You know, great to be starting halfback right you need to know who these players are and the senior bowl is that chance and remember so the there's there's a narrative that says only the great kids come out early the senior bowl are for players who aren't great because they would have left college yeah that's entirely true not at, look at brandon Ayuk, juco transfer right ended up late bloomer at arizona state you hear them about the Senior Bowl. 
There is talent at the Senior Bowl. You need to know who their those players are. Hey, look at Kylan Hill. Not a great week. Love the film. Sat out. He only played two games this year. What if Kylan Hill ends up in Kansas City and week 15 next year he's the starting running back for the Chiefs? That's not with that's possible, folks. Right? I mean, any yeah. so I know I would feel comfortable playing Kylan Hill in that scenario. Plus, in a dynasty league, fifth round draft picks mean something. Shane, last year, I'm very happy with Donovan Peoples Jones. Yeah. I was, I was getting him in the fifth round of dynasty draft. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and tell our listeners Donovan Peoples Jones is now going to be a 1,200 yard receiver, but I'll tell you this my little chip of a fifth round dynasty asset. I like that value right now. He showed me enough to be optimistic in that offense with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I love it. And and I told you go blue before we hit record today. So you know I love that one. And and I mean, you have to, for me, I'm assuming Higgins is gone because he's a free agent at this point. So you have to assume that even if they keep Odell Beckham and Jarvis, and they're not traded away. He's probably their number three wide receiver on the team, which is a really decent role to have in the NFL, especially when Jarvis and Odell Beckham are taking coverage and the price for Donovan Peoples-Jones there. Like, yeah, I, I absolutely love that one. I have him on a lot of teams. Absolutely, and I'm happy to have him. And look, injuries occur. There's a chance that Donovan Peoples-Jones could be the number two wide receiver at one point next yeah. year. Yeah. Yep. For the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. So every draft pick in Dynasty, and I say the same thing, every draft pick in the, in redraft is valuable. This We don't talk about the middle to late rounds enough. We really don't. And to me, that is so such a mistake. And I'll give you, you know, one quick example. And, and I, it's been driving me crazy this year. Two years ago, all the leagues I drafted – Patrick Mahomes, I won. Last year, or 2019, all the leagues I drafted Lamar Jackson, I won. And I missed this year on Josh Allen. And if I had paid for Josh Allen, I would have had three consecutive years of hitting the home run on the late quarterback. I did not do that, and that cost me in my redraft leagues. Because I I had Carson Wentz, and then I had to go – uh, what do they call it? Um, weekly. Oh, what's the word for when you pick up a weekly quarterback? Streaming. What's streaming quarterback. And look at what I rather have had Josh Allen than streaming quarterback. Right. You right. your butts. So, I mean, that's the difference. You When you play against great people, and I, I'm lucky enough to be in so-called experts leagues and yeah. magazine leagues, the difference between 2018, 19, and 20, right there. The one chip. The difference between having Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in round 13 and the difference of having Drew Locke or Carson Wentz. That's it. Yeah. That's what those truly winners. Yep. Yep. If I take Josh Allen there, my teams are great. So let's go back to Cooper Cup really quick. And I want to, we'll come full circle because you actually reached out to me yesterday and, um, turned me on to one of your tweets which i mean honestly john you rarely need to i I almost always eventually see your stuff sometimes you know you don't see it right away but but honestly you can anytime so i was happy to see this one but so you start off i'm just going to quote you it says i identified the top 12 quarterback prospects from 2014 to 2020 i plugged in the numbers and ranked according to my pre-draft rate ratings excuse me and film assessment below are the results so Jared Goff is on this list <laughs> and, and he's not going to be thrown to his boyfriend Cooper cup anymore because like it or not, there was always a relationship there between Cooper cup and Jared Goff, Absolutely. but now he gets the quarterback upgrade. How are you oh. feeling about Cooper cup now? Or I, I don't know. How do you feel about this trade? I mean, I don't, I don't want to get stuck on it too long because that's what everybody's talking about. And we've got some interesting stuff that John's done for you, but how are you feeling about this situation? I like what the Rams did. They're going for the now. They got themselves out of a terrible financial situation. To me, Shane, when you make a bad decision, get out of it. Don't try to justify it. Get out of it. The Rams are not trying to beat you down the head. We're going to prove that we made the right decision with Jared Goff. You know what? They got out of it. And that in itself is worth it. 
when you talk about the actual football upgrade, come on. Matthew Stafford is so much better I than agree. Jerry yep. I was watching some tape. I went. I, I found some Detroit Lions stuff. Man, is Matthew Stafford good. Yeah. He, he's just – I mean, if you're looking at the bottom four organizations in the NFL, the, the, no matter how you juggle it, the Detroit Lions are in the bottom four organizations. Right. From ownership to management to coaching staff to personnel. Yep. He so if Stafford had been with, let's say he was with Harbaugh in Baltimore all these years, you don't believe that he would have gone to an AFC Championship game with Harbaugh and the Ravens? Right. Please. Yeah, for sure. So we love in society to elevate individuals as such high standards, but football is a team sport. And, you know, as I get older, I reflect a lot, and I remember reading about Bo Schembechler. We'll talk about the Big Ten classic coaches, Woody Hayes and Bo Schembechler. And if you study their careers and you read their biographies and, and, and autobiographies, which I had, they didn't have Heisman winners other than Archie Griffin, which is still kind of weird, but he did get Archie Griffin back to back. But Schembechler and Woody did not like to promote an individual. They were kind of the opposite of Notre Dame. Notre Dame always had promoted. They thought it was good for the brand, the school, the program. So you have a lot of Notre Dame Heisman winners. You don't have that with Bo Schembechler and Woody. And when you read their biographies, they're always talking about the team, the team, the team, right? And I think as I get older, there are 55 players on a team. There is special teams, which I still think is the most underrated. And we say how bad special teams are in the modern NFL crazy to me how bad they are right now you go to the 70s they played great special teams then you because you had george allen you had the vikings with um oh who's the great coach on the vikings oh, i love um who's the vikings coach who lost for super bowl well bud grant they were great special teams coaches belichick's always had good special teams one of the most underrated aspects of the patriots record parcells did harbaugh anyways i'm on a tangent the point is <laughs> you have three teams Special teams, offense, and defense. Yes, I get you have to have a good quarterback. I get it. You do want one. But if you don't think that they're a product of the organization, and let's take Brady out because he's the ultimate outlier. No one gets a 10 super. It's, it's just, I mean, it's unbelievable what he's done. Yeah. But he's the outlier. He's the outlier. You can't separate the quarterback from the, the organization. I mean, I'm not like, if Joe Montana lands on the St. Louis Cardinals, in 1977 without Bill Walsh? Does Joe Montana become Joe Montana? I mean, I, I, I mean, it's somewhat theoretical, but he was the perfect coach for Bill Walsh and the West Coast offense. Now, give him all the credit. One of the best I've ever seen. But he benefited from a system, a coach, an organization that used him. So, Matt, the reason I say that, Matthew, Matthew Stafford could not have been in a much worse situation if you're looking for athletic ability you're looking for arm strength you're looking for toughness matthew stafford yeah. has it all yeah please yeah i mean it's a huge upgrade yeah i mean you can even look at the and this is very simplified compared to everything you're saying but you can even look at like the highlight like news videos right now of like yeah. that have Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff both in there throwing passes and all of Matthew Stafford's are just like laced so pretty and oh so tight and they can't find one of Jared Goff where it, it, all of his are so just like loose and even the ones he gets there and he he's done well enough with his talents in that offense with McVay obviously he's he's been successful in the NFL for what he's been given. But, but yeah. I mean, you can look at those quick, like, highlights and just be like, oh, wow, they shouldn't show these together. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. that different. And I think golf is okay. I think he's underrated. He's not great. The problem was he was the number one pick in the draft, so he gets elevated. He's supposed to be great. He did get the Rams of the Super Bowl. And I think people forget how bad they were with Jeff Fisher. Before he got there, remember, they had the number one pick. They were a disaster, the Los Angeles Rams, before he got there. He did help them. Ultimately, sure. did he fulfill? No, he did not. But Jared Goff is not the athlete, the quarterback that Matthew Stafford is. I 100% agree. And the arm strength 
is just silly different. I 100. percent I, I, I think that he, it's been taken maybe a little bit too far. Like people were more yeah. serious about defending Nick Foles last year than they are Jared Goff this year. And Jared Goff is better than Nick Foles. But you, you know what I mean, kind of yeah. like it's one of those things where you're like, okay, yeah, like Matt Stafford's way better. Like I'm not gonna argue that. So if anybody sees me anywhere and it, it feels like I'm saying otherwise, I'm not. But I think we're kind of being too hard on Jared Goff at the same time. Like, if, if honestly, and this is some, honestly, like, if Dan Campbell came out a week ago and he was just like, you know, Matthew Stafford's just so beat up. We all know about the back and, you know, he's yeah. a hell of a player, hell of a career, but he's just beat to shit. We have to move on to something, a healthier option. And then nothing bad came out of the... Rams camp about Jared Goff, the trade went down. How would public perception be? Oh, totally different. You know what I mean? Like, he did not help the perception, right? From, like, you know, and the narrative on Goff is so negative right now. Yep. And, And so that's part of the problem. I mean, I think people forget Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl and he had a great season fantasy wise. Yep. Has it fallen apart since then? Yes. But it doesn't mean that he's not an NFL quarterback. People act like right. he should be CFL or relegated <laughs> to the, to, you know, straight. Yes. You know, I mean, I'm sorry. If I hear one more person say Wolford deserved the job over Jared Goff, I think I was going to throw up. I saw it, and I liked the little story. But right, please, right, right, right. I saw Wolford at Wake Forest because I played college fantasy football. I actually put him on DFS and rostered him, you know, when you're doing streaming. He's not an NFL quarterback long term, please. He's a great young man, gritty, all of that. Yep. He wasn't going to be the solu- to the solution at quarterback. And how do I know that? They wanted to trade for Stafford if they thought Wolford was the solution. Right. Period. Right. It was nonsense. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. I I think that, uh, in in a way, I think Detroit took advantage of McVay's emotions a little bit on this one, to be completely honest with you. I think a little bit. McVay wanted to get out of it, and he wanted to win, and he just felt like golf was the determining factor in not getting over the hump. Yep, yep. But they also don't have Gurley. I think there are changes that he's not looking at, but yes. And I mean, like you said, I mean, there's probably what ten to twenty teams in the NFL that would be very happy with Goff. Yes, and yes. I mean, that doesn't mean he's better than Stafford or going to put them over the top. But I think he's uh, he's more than just a bridge. He could be their quarterback, but I think they'll draft someone. But I do think he could be he could win the job. I mean, he has a chance here to redeem himself. I think he's twenty six, right? Come on. Yeah. Yep. Twenty six. <laughs> twenty six. So. You also say after studying Trevor Lawrence over the past three years, there's no question in my eyes, in in John's eyes, that he is the best quarterback prospect. So I'll say, so how I came about this is I hear a lot of different reports about Trevor Lawrence, and I think it becomes trendy and hot take to say Trevor Lawrence isn't the undisputed top talent. I think, and I get it. I I mean, we all want tweets and st- or hits, right? So yeah. I but get this. But I decided I've now done this eight years and I'm going to show up on my screen. I have printed every rookie report that I've ever done for football diehards. Wow. And I, because I keep hard copies. I'm an historian. Binded. So I keep hard copies. Go ahead. What? I said binded. <laughs> binded. Yes. I, I don't fool around, Mr. Tula. So, so I said, where does Trevor Lawrence go in my eight years? Because look it. I don't want to go back to Troy Aikman because I didn't publish anything. And it's my memory, which could be biased from 1989, right? I mean, I remember watching him at UCLA and being like, oh, my God. If you don't remember him and Rodney Pete were the talk of college football when they were – Pete was at USC, Aikman was at UCLA, we, you know, and they were both on the cover of Sports Illustrated, I believe. So I can't go back then and tell you what my draft – I didn't do draft. I just read Mel Kuyper and Joel Bushbaum. You know, that was all they had back then. And I watched the game. So I said, well, in the eight years, let me be – let me go back to what I've written, what I've done, how I've learned. 
is he actually? Because that was my thought. I go, man, I think Trevor Lawrence is the best player that I've seen in my eight years. And I've said this multiple times on multiple podcasts. I think, in my analysis, Trevor Lawrence is Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson in one. That's how, if you ask me for comps, he's Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson. And then I said to myself, well, Andrew Luck, unfortunately, I think he came out one or two years before I started doing my profile. Because mm. I love the Andrew Luck RG3 argument. Yep. Even though I was a big RG3 fan, I don't have a I don't have documentation of it. Right. <laughs> I remember I had a fight with one of my good friends, not a fight discussion, right? And I said in the middle of that season when RG3 won the Heisman. I said, he's going to be a top two pick in the NFL. And my friend was like, no way, you're crazy. And you have to remember, people didn't know what to make of the Baylor offense, these, you know, these spread offenses that are now we're finally understand how to analyze these prospects because we've seen it for about a decade. It, we, we're getting better at understanding it, and the NFL is implementing aspects of the spread in their offensive scheme. So people didn't know what to make of RG3. And sure enough, he was the second pick overall. And yeah. I thought it was justified. I loved RG3 at Baylor. Now, what happened with Shanahan and the injury? It fell apart. That's a different story. Um, and I wish RG3 didn't put head first. I think he wish I wish he learned how to slide a little bit more. His right. body want to take it. But I said, okay, so if I can't compare Lawrence to Luck, even though I do think they're very similar. But Lawrence, I actually think, is a better athlete than Luck. And then I said, you know what? He's athletically compared to Sean Sean Watson. I actually heard a podcast the other day where at first the the analyst said that Lawrence can't run. He's not a runner, not an athlete. And the guy on the podcast with him said, wait a second, you're wrong. Look at the numbers. So he popped in the numbers. He's like, oh, my God, Lawrence has a lot of rushing yards. No fooling. Lawrence is as good of an athlete as anyone I've ever seen. Seriously, the only two athletes I can think of are Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. I mean, he's incredible with his legs. And I let me get, I think his rushing numbers, let me pop it in one second, because his rushing numbers are ridiculously good. Um, he had 943 career rushing yards at Clemson, 18 rushing touchdowns, and he's awesome. He's a very good runner. Now he's not Lamar Jackson, but he's clearly Josh Allen. Like that's yeah. He, he's an incredible athlete. So I said, okay, well, how am I going to do this without my with? I read my profiles, but I want to do it less subjective, right? Like if I'm trying to say, how do I do this objectively? So I said, let me punch in the numbers into my model the five areas that I'm looking for, five statistics, in no way. I think you know me, Shane. My model isn't the end-all and be-all. I'm not telling you that my model is the best. But over eight years, it's done a pretty fair job. And I'll, I missed on Josh Allen, and I tweeted that. My model did not like Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming. My film work had questions about Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming um, because his inaccuracy – touchdown to interception ratio, passing efficiency, we're all really poor. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, but hey, power to the young man. He's been simply spectacular. Yeah. He might be one of the, uh, in my lifetime, it is hard for me to say I've ever seen someone who the numbers tell you in college he isn't a pro quarterback, but who's become, he's arguably top three quarterback in the NFL. I mean, it's, it's simply amazing. Yeah. From what I thought he was and what he is now. So I said, let me punch in the numbers. Now, if you look at Josh Allen's numbers, he's not even close to my top 12. So I started I started with, with Trevor Lawrence. What do the numbers look like? You're interesting. You started this off with Jared Goff. Jared Goff, his numbers coming out of Cal. Looks and pretty work. bad. Well, here's interesting. He hits three of my five benchmarks. Three of my five. So there were red flags on Jared Goff coming out of Cal. One, completion percentage. I like to have a 65%. That's my benchmark. Jared Goff had 62.3. So that's that's interesting. He was, and then he also was below it on passing efficiency. But on games played, he had 37 starts. 
He did throw the ball down the field at 8.1 yards per attempt, and his touchdown-interception ratio was good. So the model, he was good coming out, and I like the film coming out of Cal. You know, and remember, the number two quarterback that year was Carson Wentz. Those were the top two guys. And here's what falls. Here's what's interesting. This is his class. Went, Goff Wentz, Paxton Lynch, who's bust, Dak Prescott, and Connor Cook. Look at my model. Dak Prescott is number 12 in my model, folks. Yeah. And what makes Dak Prescott, and I love them coming out of Mississippi State. I still can't believe that he did not get the pre-draft credit is his escapability. Dak Prescott, and you've seen it, extraordinarily good athlete. He, he can manipulate the pocket. He gains yards with his legs. Look at that touchdown. I still don't understand how people never mentioned this. Dak Prescott had a 70 to 23 touchdown to interception ratio. That's incredible football, folks. He's almost four to one on touchdown to interception ratio. He was very smart with the football. 37 games. He only threw 23 interceptions. This is the SEC, folks. And I I bet you there's not a wide receiver on that Mississippi State Bulldogs team that is in the NFL. And he's playing SEC cornerback. Good point. It's interesting, too, because you're mentioning that 2016 draft and Carson yep. Wentz isn't even on your top 13 list here with all the quarterbacks you have from the the past, what would it be, six years, five years? Eight years. Eight years, Eight yeah. Years. But the class of 2014 is pretty bad. That's the Blake Bortles group, so no one mm. made it. In. No one made it into the um, – but here's interesting. You know why Wentz's numbers were at the FCS level? So I don't necessarily like comparing apples to oranges. Uh, it's not – you know, at least I feel comfortable comparing SEC – and you could even argue the SEC is harder than the Pac-12. So, you know, so I get that. But at least it's Division One Power 5 programs, right? Yeah. It, it's another to say, am I real – like, I liked his numbers. They were interesting. But it's really hard for me, and, and it's the same challenge with Trey Lance, you know – is his numbers now they're extraordinarily good don't get me wrong but is his numbers the same as a player coming out of the sec you're not comparing apples to apples oranges yeah so so let me ask you this like we'll we'll come back to detroit here for a minute i didn't even mean for this to be so centrically based around this but maybe it's kind of relative to our time so maybe it's even it's easy for the listeners to relate to a little bit as well but do you think then at this point is it worth Detroit moving up to 102, looking for Justin Fields? Do you think that we should sit at that 107, try to get somebody like Mac Jones, Trey Lance, or is Jared Goff the better option, actually? I've already thought about this. If I'm Detroit, I'm trying to stay there and get one of those guys. Yeah. Lance or Jones. Lance might be perfect for Detroit to learn for one year. He need. I think he needs that Carson Palmer Patrick Mahomes, he's only got 17 games on the resume. That very much is a red flag in me. Less than 37. If you look at some of these other guys over the years, you have less than 30 games played. It is a red flag. Not the end-all and be-all, but it's a big flag. And he didn't even play this past year, my friend. Yeah. That's – look, it. do I see the talent? Absolutely. But the NFL is more than just – physical athletic ability especially at the quarterback position i have my concerns athletically skill wise leadership wise absolutely love trey lance experience is a problem he has only played 17 games and then you're telling me the young man's got to jump up to the nfl level on a team that isn't good yeah also i think the jared goff signals to me that they're looking for a bridge quarterback i really Believe that, yeah. Because I can, I can draft Trey Lance and sit on him with Jared Goff right. on my. It's a tough situation you end up putting yourself in as Detroit, though, now because you have teams like the Colts, who obviously it's a prime year to trade somebody like Jared Goff to the Colts, who have the cap space, and, yes. and then move on to your quarterback of the future. But then you're not really developing them. You're just like you said, throwing them out there in kind of a crappy situation, and kind yes. of similar to what happened with Josh Allen in in a way, and he developed fine. So would that be smarter for us to actually? get one of those guys at 107, get rid of Jared Goff today because we, there's a market for it. 
I mean, I would say if the Colts were willing to give you a first round pick and a third round pick, I think I'd have to do that. Yeah. And and then I might go Mac Jones there though, because you can play. I the, the advantage to Mac Jones over Trey Lance, and this go, this debate's going to rage right now. I have Trey Lance over Mac Jones, but I think the NFL is going to like Mac Jones better. Here's what I think: if you're making two million dollars a year as the general manager of a team, and you probably have a two-year window, are you going to bank your family's future and NFL career on a kid from North Dakota State with 17 starts or the national champion Mac Jones from Alabama? Yeah. It's the SEC. Right. My friends, if I'm banking $2 million, I'm going with Mac Jones. And the NFL is going to think the same way. You have to have chutzpah. You have to have uber confidence so could mac jones be that quarterback for the next 10 to 12 years for detroit because that's what they said they want there they said the next guy they bring in they want to be they don't they want the guy for 10 to 12 years like stafford not which even kind of makes you think that at some point Goff is on the outs even if it's in a year or two but they want that guy long-term solution right I think Goff is now going to be a well-traveled quarterback. I could see, <laughs> I could see Goff playing for like four teams now in his career because the talent will be there, and there will always be someone who will take that right. shot. Yep. But I don't think no one's ever going to say you're one hundred percent my guy for the rest of forever. Right. Right. And, and that's just it, man. If like. Teddy Bridgewater can get a job. Case Keenum has landed off and on starting jobs. Like Jared Goff is still going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. It's just going to be, like you said, he's probably going to bounce around a lot. It's you're never going to feel good and secure about it within your dynasty rosters, but (laughs) he's going to be there. Yes. So, um, I, I, I do think they should go after quarterback Detroit. I do. Then the question is, you see, I don't want to pay up though. I don't want to pay up. Now, the Dolphins, I think they should pay down, but that's a different story. So why don't we keep going back to the model? So we looked at Dak Prescott as number 12 prospect in my book in the last eight years. What do you think? Who, who are 10 and 11? Look at those two. Man, uh, I won't lie. 11 surprises me more than 10. Okay. So, Go ahead. So he's got 10 is Justin Herbert, who I love. And then 11 is Jalen Hurts. And again, as we mentioned, Carson Wentz didn't even make this model. He didn't make the model. No. I think Jalen Hurts. Now, remember, let's not look at the results. What I try to do is I went back to the profiles and the college numbers because we can get confused with the results of the NFL with what the model is telling me beforehand. Because I only care right now in Dynasty Leagues about the five guys we're going to have to decide on, right? So I I don't know the future of Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence. I can only project. Right. So that's what I did with this model. I was extreme. I had last year Jalen Hurts was my number four quarterback. I was because my model told me that look at Jalen Hurts. He hit every benchmark. And I'm not even including athletic ability and leadership because we know he's an uber athlete. That's obvious. And here's what's interesting. The narrative says Jalen Hurts was inaccurate. And I said this last year on podcasts and on my profile. My friend, what was his completion percentage in college? Uh, 65.1%. What's my benchmark at the very top? 65 I don't care what anyone tells me about a narrative anymore. Yeah, Mahomes was 63.5% below your, so even below your benchmark at that. That was Mahomes. Yeah, Yeah, my friend, I don't listen to anyone tell me someone's inaccurate. The numbers are the truth. (laughs) I'm tired of people saying someone's inaccurate, but how? And then look at this. Look at his yards per attempt. Yeah. Hertz was throwing the ball down the field. He wasn't a check down Charlie. Yeah, it's crazy, too, if you look at just the completion percentage alone on this. Mahomes is the third worst. Yes. Now, there's obviously something about system. Right. There are, there are, so there are, so, and I will, anyone who tells you they have the perfect model, they're lying. I'm not going to tell you mine perfect. My man, there are people get paid millions of dollars to get this right, and they're wrong all the time. I'm just the guy who loves football. I have no incentive to be good at this. I just love it. 
And so my model gives me a, a, a parameter that I'm looking for. But if NFL GMs can't get it right, right. you know, <laughs> I mean, they, so they, they get do you think that it benefited Patrick Mahomes to sit out 2017 and kind of learn the system from Absolutely. afar rather than thrust it out there like Josh Allen was? And obviously they're both doing fine today. There, I believe there are more than one avenue to success, right? Mm-hmm. Be with Andy Reid and Alex Smith for one year. You couldn't pay someone for that type of tutoring experience. Even if Alex Smith never said one word to Patrick Mahomes, and I don't know what their relationship was. Right. Yeah, that's right? a good point. Yeah. Sitting in the film room with the quarterback's coach and the offensive coordinator was worth incalculable tutoring and teaching. Yeah. Incalculable. It worked for him. It worked for Carson Palmer. Remember, Carson Palmer set out a year with John Kitna in Cincinnati. Kitna was actually good that first year. People probably don't remember. I won a fantasy championship with John Kitna as a Cincinnati Bengal. Underrated player. Not great, but underrated. A great streamer. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, and I respected John Kitna, what he did with his talents. But Carson Palmer needed it. And don't think about what Carson Palmer did. He had an underrated career. But he was also with another bad organization. I mean, the Bengals are up there with the Detroit Lions, right? You're not, and, yeah. and when Palmer yeah. got there, oh my God, the Bengals were a, a train wreck. When Carson Palmer benefit, yes. But, you know, it's funny. I never call out a name. I've been looking back because I like to do my nerdy research. There were people who didn't have Patrick Mahomes in their top five. He was my number two behind Deshaun Watson in 2017. Now, I had Trubisky at number four. I was low on Trubisky, and I'll tell you why. My model, he didn't play enough games. My team. Uh, I, I was very concerned about lack of experience. And Trubisky did not pop in my model. So I had him at number four. Now, I'll tell you where I was wrong. I had Deshaun Kaiser number three that year. Now, I think Deshaun Kaiser's career was a wreck because of Cleveland. And who's that terrible coach that he ended up with who, who lost like 20? What did they go? One, two wins in two seasons? Yeah, it was awful uh, there, man. Yeah, so I don't think Kaiser got any luck. But now, he's probably not an NFL quarterback, and my model was wrong on him. But, you know, everyone's going to have misses on these types of things. You know, it's interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll go back. You know who my model liked who I should have been higher on? Derek Carr. Oh, yeah. I had him, I had him number four in 2000. Interesting. Derek Carr is the best out of this group. Check out 2014. Lake Bortle, Teddy Bridgewater, Johnny Manziel, Derek Carr, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Derek Carr is the best out of those five in 2014. Yeah. And to this day, I'm mad that I didn't rank Derek Carr higher. But my <laughs> liked him. Nice. Um, he's not in the top 12, but Derek Carr's had a good career. So Herbert, you said you liked Herbert. I should have. Now, last year, I had Herbert three. The problem was last year had two great players yeah. at the top of the model. Burrow and Tagaviola. In most years, Herbert would have been at the top or number two. He just came out in a group that was so good. Now, I thought Herbert would go top five. He ended up going six to the Chargers. But I did not expect that. What he did this season, I think, is it, next to Cam Newton's rookie year, I don't remember anyone who's been as good as Justin Herbert. He blew. Yeah. I mean, Super he was fun so to watch. Justin Herbert. Last year, I had him at number three. My good friend, he came out in a great class. In my model, Burrow and Taga Viola, and Herbert was third. But he's 10th in the last eight years. His numbers are very impressive. He popped on three of my five benchmarks that I'm looking for. Games played, 43. That's why he could play from day one. He had so much experience at Oregon. Yards per attempt, 8.2. Justin Herbert was throwing the ball. We've seen it. How many of those great bombs did we see? Just And that's on film at yeah. Oregon. But it's not a lot. See, here's the thing. The Oregon threw the ball short a lot. So we didn't see as many of those big-time plays. But now you see them in, with Los Angeles and how yep. great it is. But look at that touchdown-to-interception ratio, my friend. 95-23. to 23. Oh, my God. He was smart with the football. He's throwing the ball down the field. And looking back, his completion percentage was 64. But here's where you have to put it into context. His completion percentage got better every year, and he started as a freshman. So what happens over a long period of time, it takes him a while to bring that percentage up. 
it's not like he played three years or two years where you might have a very high percentage, right? Because he's an upperclassman. So in context, the 64 looks a lot better. And his athletic ability, 6'6", 236, we've seen the legs, his pocket manipulation, the command, avoiding the pass rush, and his ability to throw on the run. run. But you only know that from the film work. I mean, I'm a big believer. I, I don't take the argument if one is better than the other film or stats. I use my model as a baseline to confirm my film work. What I've done is every year I take notes as I watch the prospects. So I've watched Trevor Lawrence for three years. I have a notebook filled of things with Trevor Lawrence. Then when they go to the draft, I put together the numbers to see if the numbers are equivalent to what I've seen on film. And I need to see if there's outliers or some big, did I miss something? With Herbert, the film was good, but the numbers weren't as brilliant. Also, he's in a class with an elite quarterback coming off a Heisman winning season and Mm -hmm. Tua, who won a national championship. You know, he won that game as a senior and he was at Alabama with elite talent, elite numbers. But Burrow is in my top, or Herbert is in my top 10. And looking back, my film, my film study loved Herbert a ton. I said he was going to be a top five. He ended up as a sixth pick in the draft. Now, I did not expect him to be so good. But I'm now convinced looking back, he was so good. He had 43 games played in college. And you know what? He, he was ready to get on the field from day one. That, yeah. and he's a great player. But look at what my model doesn't like the next year, huh? Or the next ranked. Oh, uh. Well, then, oh, Marcus Mariota. Yeah, he's yeah. the biggest. Other than Josh Allen, whose numbers aren't there. So my numbers don't even identify Josh Allen as great. Marcus, and I had Josh Allen ranked. I'm looking back here. Where did I have him? I had him at number five. Okay. Behind Lamar Jackson, Mayfield, Darnold, and Rosen. So I missed on that. But the numbers weren't even close. Marcus Mariota's numbers are off the charts. He is still one of the biggest disappointments. Yeah. That I, I mean – I liked his work at Oregon. He got into the national title game, played 41 career games. Look at that touchdown to interception ratio. 105 yeah. to 14. Yep. I mean, everything said Marcus Mariota would be good, but you know what? He doesn't have chutzpah. Just, just, you see, like, you watch Justin Herbert, and he's throwing the ball 50, 60 yards on the field where you're like, what are you doing? Oh, my God, what a pass. Right? Like, he's, yeah. <laughs> He's throwing that ball into the tight windows. Yeah. What is Marcus Mariota? Dink, dunk. I ain't going to throw. Like, you see the difference in chutzpah. And I mean NFL chutzpah. Yeah. And I'm telling you, if I hear one more negative narrative about quiet leaders, how much did we hear last year that Herbert was a quiet kid, that he's not a leader? Who cares? Yeah. Team seems to love him. Dude, how many times I never heard a New York Giant player ever say one negative thing about Eli Manning? Maybe yeah. Odell at the end got frustrated, but Eli was old. His arm strength right. wasn't there. Yep. And now we know Odell's got some challenges of him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So right. how are you feeling about Tua at this point today after the one in and out season he had in the NFL? I'll tell you right now, trade that pick for a boatload of picks. I can't give up on Tua. Yeah. There's no way. What do you have? Nine games coming off? There were doctors. I'm no doctor, but I re- I listened to a podcast that yeah. had a doctor on, and he claimed the hardest thing about Tua, his surgery, was like Tommy John surgery in the '70s. No one had that surgery before, mm. and no one had recovered from Tua's injury before. There was no model out there of a successful quarterback recovering from Tua's injury. Yeah. He was literally the first quarterback to do it. So if we have a athlete, a quarterback, who's coming back from a once-in-a-generation injury, right. and he, he came back sooner than I thought, I thought he should never have played. If you ask me, I would not have put Tua on the field this year. But I'm not the coach of the Dolphins. They made a decision. But when you factor in his injury and how severe it was, to judge to a tag of Viola in eight games is stone cold silly, my brother. Yeah. Take that draft pick. You can't take a wide receiver at number three. Out of your mind. You can't do that. 
If you don't like Panay Sewell, who I love, trade back, my friend. That pick, this wide receiver class, I'm sure you've heard it, Swag, is loaded. Pretty deep, yeah. Draft three of them. Yeah. Get Rashad Bateman, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Kadarius Tony. Let's see what our boy Tua Tag of Viola can do with that town. Yeah. And get him a back. Now, while I right. loved what Ahmed did, would you like Javante Williams with Tua Tag of Viola? <laughs> right. Please, people. Do, do you, you think that's what Miami's going to do, though? What? Do you think that's what Miami does, though? Six with Tua? I will say this. He's from the Patriots program, and everything tells me he trades down because the value is not in that third pick for Miami because yeah. they got the franchise quarterback. That See, value. I wouldn't mind seeing Detroit draft some wide receivers either, to be honest with no, you. And I know we want to get a quarterback as well, and but, man, if we, we don't have anybody at this point. If we don't sign Galladay, Marvin Jones is gone. We've got Quinton Cephas. That's it. Yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, look, I – I agree with you. This wide receiver class, I am not giving up on Tua Tagovailoa. That number three pick is worth so much right now. Trade it, my friend. You can't give up on a first round, the number two pick in one year, nine games. Are you crazy? Then who are you drafting there at 103? Panay Sewell, if I'm the Dolphins. No question about it. I'm getting a generational left tackle. I don't care. I take him. Nice. You know, when you can plug a guy in for a decade – and you don't have to draft him. You don't have to worry about him. He blocks. I mean, look at what Eric Fisher has done for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. He's only I was surprised he's only made the Pro Bowl twice. But you know what? He plays every game until he got hurt. And and the the, the Chiefs have to worry about the left tackle? No. Right. Dude, when you can get that player, you take him. Yeah. You take him in my book. So yep. Mariota is the biggest whiff of my top 12 in my model. Yeah, tough to argue that when you, when you look at this list. I mean, all these guys. Well, what about Winston? Interesting. So is Winston's career a failure yet? He's he's not to me. He's had success. He hasn't been awful. He had a you know that was a weird season two years ago with Bruce Arians and he threw thirty touchdowns, thirty interceptions, yep. right? But I cannot sit here and tell you that Winston's been a failure in the NFL. He's not, and his career's not over. If if I was looking for someone, do I want Winston or Mariota? I would take Winston in a heartbeat over Mariota. Yeah. There's no question. I definitely think he's had a much better career. A much longer leash? Is that fair to say? Oh, yes. But if you've watched Winston and Mariota, sure. I think Winston played better football. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, then we have Tua. He's yep. number six on mine. And then we have Burrow, my friend. Yeah, and I can't I can't judge anything on one year. Burrow, I think he's shown us that he can be an NFL quarterback. Right. No, I agree with that. And then look, who's the top three? Give everyone our top three, my brother. Well, well, on mine that it shows four as Baker. We didn't talk about him. Oh yes, I mean other than Lawrence, my fault. Okay, yeah. yeah. So then uh, Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson. The model loved those. Yeah. You know, look at Mayfield. Finally got a coach to help him. Yep. My friends, the quarterback is dependent on the scheme, the system, personnel, coaching. Stefanski tweaked the scheme, brought in his scheme, started to use utilize Baker Mayfield's strengths. Baker got confident. Baker is a legitimate NFL quarterback now. You can yeah. build a franchise around him, especially with that running game. So my model loved Baker. And I, I mean, I think Baker's on the right trajectory. And I think Baker walked into like a Carson Palmer. The, the Browns were a disaster, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> they just, yeah. right? A disaster. Yep. And now they got a good coach. But look at Baker's numbers. They're silly. 48 games, 175 passing efficiency, 9.8 yards per attempt, 131 touchdowns of 30 interceptions, and 68.5 completion percentage. Now, he's not the runner that Lamar Jackson is. He's not right. or Josh Allen. But he's competitive with – he's, to me, like the bottom scale of athletic ability you would want a quarterback with legs. He can bootleg. He can roll out. He can gain 200 yards rushing, right? He can score. Like, he's the bottom-level athlete in my book. Does that make sense? Yeah, yep. And then our boy Patrick Mahomes. Still can't believe people – 
were so shocked by him. My model loved him. And I will say this, Patrick Mahomes, you had to watch the film. And you had to separate because he was so unique to watch. Patrick Mahomes did things at Texas Tech. And remember, that's with Cliff Kingsbury and the spread offense. So it was very hard to analyze Patrick Mahomes because he did things that you that, I, that we now see with the Chiefs, and you're like, wow. And he was yeah. doing that craziness, Texas. yeah, craziness. So people didn't know how to separate. Well, what is Mahomes? Is he Texas Tech or is he this unbelievable Uber athlete? Now it's obviously easy to look back, right? Because we've seen him; he's the best quarterback in the league. But there, not everyone was convinced that Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Right. I just there were people at him outside the top five prospects. But if you understood his ability to play outside of the structure of the offense, and if you watched his feet, because the arm strength was there, no matter what, you'd, you'd have to be silly to say yeah. his arm wasn't on film. But if you watched his feet and his ability to survive outside the structure when the offensive line broke down. You saw the brilliance of Patrick Mahomes. And you had to get off of the spread offense. You had to try to deal with Patrick Mahomes outside of the spread offense doesn't produce NFL quarterback. I think there was a lot of the narrative was, oh, he's part of the Texas Tech spread off. And look it, there's some truth. For a long time, none of those offenses produced NFL quarterbacks. But I do believe something's happened in the last five years better prospects are attracted to the spread offense. When the spread offense first popped up, they got second-level prospects. Matthew Stafford, let's go back, we'll circle all around. Uh If Matthew Stafford was coming out of high school now, he would want to go to a spread offense. He would want to go to Alabama, not Georgia. When he went to Georgia, you went to Georgia because it was a classic NFL pocket offense and he wanted to get ready for the nfl so what did he do (laughs) went to georgia didn't throw the football all over the field that was georgia bulldogs don't do that but that was okay when he graduated from college now these kids who are coming up they play in seven on sevens they play in spread offenses in high school they've seen what these young men have done in college and now the pros so guess what you now go to the schools with the spread offenses are going to throw the football. So they're getting a higher level talent in those systems. So you're going, we can't judge the spread offense like we did eight years ago. Cause you're now going to, if you're an Uber college quarterback, don't you want to go and throw the ball 450, 500 times a game? Yeah. Right. So now we're getting better athletes and better prospects at these other schools which is changing a lot of the narrative too. So Mahomes, if you had separated his feet and his out of structure, you saw his brilliance. And then Deshaun Watson, I still don't understand how people had Trubisky over Deshaun. I really, right. no, you, I just do not look at it. I don't understand what people were doing. How you could look at the totality of Deshaun Watson's career as he did everything you want. And then you looked at the numbers, and you actually tell me the Bears traded up for Trubisky? I still can't even fathom, because my model loves Deshaun Watson. Right. He's all five benchmarks, my He's friend. Number two on your list. Well, <laughs> number one, yeah. if you don't include Lawrence. Yeah, and then there's Lawrence. Lawrence hits a home run. Look at this, friends. 40 career games. You know why I have them over Fields and Zach and and all of them? None of them had 30 games except for Lawrence. Lawrence has 40 career starts, national championship, playoff games, everything. And, I, and I'm a kid who grew up in the 80s, but I know narrative. But let me tell you, playing in those big games counts. But I don't draft a kid just because he plays in big games. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not why I, I've seen Gina Toretta I've seen too many Chris Wanky, you know, players who failed the quarterback who are on good teams but didn't have NFL skills. When you have Trevor Lawrence, who's played in big games with NFL skills, forget it. Then look at his passing efficiency, 164.3. Yards per attempt, 8.9. Look 
at that touchdown to interception ratio, 90 to 17. He's yeah. smart. He's smart and accurate. 66.6%. My friends, he's 6'6", 220. Watch the film. Yeah. He's special. Now, what I think has happened, people get bored of the prince. He's the prince. They get bored of him. They get bored of talking about him. And they want someone to take the prince down. Guess what? He's the prince for a reason. Trevor Lawrence is a great prospect. I just don't look. I like you. I like Justin Fields and Zach Wilson, but he's not Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson for that matter. I think people don't understand how good of a prospect. You know, it's kind of crazy. I still, I, I guess I'm going to say this again. How could Mitchell Trubisky be drafted ahead of Watson and Mahal? One of the most dereliction of duties in the history of drafting. <laughs> we, we, the Chicago apparently didn't want Watson to be the prince that year. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's mind-blowing to me. And here, you know what? I remember people, because they begin to nitpick, and I hear this with Lawrence. Well, it's a different nitpicking. Oh, Deshaun Watson doesn't have the, the strong arm. His velocity at the senior bowl and shorts and throwing the football around wasn't up the guys. If you think throwing a football in shorts means anything, please. Do we remember Johnny Manziel? Remember when he had his pro day and they put up the um, broomsticks? And people were like, oh, my God, that's the greatest pro day I've ever seen. The kid was out of the league in three years. Yeah, please. exactly. Yep. Pro, please. Yeah. Deshaun Watson has NFL arm strength. So oh, we might yeah. not be Matthew Stafford. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I think we know that today. So, and, and I'm not going to tell you that I haven't made my mistakes. I whiffed on players. Hey, I thought Paxton Lynch would be good. Did I Did I realize he liked video games more than the playbook? No, but that was my miss. I mean, my model thought he would be okay. I saw him live play UConn. I, Paxton Lynch had the size, the numbers, yeah. everything. Complete failure. Okay, that happens, right? I missed on Josh Allen, you know, but I'm, I like when a kid succeeds. And I'm still not willing to give up yet on Dwayne Haskins and Drew Locke. We don't know yet. But yeah. I was so – I'm not going to tell you, no, but no one gets this. The key, and I think you saw my tweet, I want to learn and try to be better. Yep. What did I do that I felt was incomplete or incorrect in the past? Right. You you can still learn from your process and your mistakes that you make within it. Yes, absolutely. And I'll say this. Um, do you remember when did you take psychology in school? Yep. Okay. I mean, it, so was, I remember, it was a while ago. Okay. Yeah, but I remember the debate nature or nurture. Do you remember that debate? Like, are we a product of nature or are we a product of our nurturing environment? Mm-hmm. And I remember I said to the professor, well, why does it have to be one or the other? Aren't we ultimately a product of both? And he's like, uh, but the assignment <laughs> is to choose one over the other. And I didn't understand that. Like, oh, whatever. You know, I, I'll write the stupid essay. I think, you know, I wrote it. Oh, nature's more important than nurture. But as I matured and, and studied and learned, I realized that no, it's, you're taking it out of context. No one's a single product of their nurture and no one's a product of their nature. Right. You're, both of them impact you. Now, maybe for a different individual, one impacts more than the other. So why am I saying that? I've done the same thing with my analysis. I love the film. And I grew up when all we had was film. And we had raw numbers. Right. Yards, yeah. Downs, interceptions. We didn't have all this complex stuff. And then I began to try to put a model together. Look at the numbers more deeply. What counts what's more important than the others right so when i was a kid it was always he's a winner well what does that mean that's so subjective right so i grew up in that age and i love film because i love the game but i tried to merge my film study with my model to get a better overall picture of the player i don't think i think both of them are important to tell the story of the prospect I can't tell you that one is more important than the other because you have outliers like uh, Marcus Mariota. My model says that he's great. He hasn't succeeded. Right. My model said Josh Allen will not succeed based on his metrics in college. He's great. So there are outliers, but I want to learn from both, right? And I want to get better 
but I've never gotten into this argument of film. The reason I posted that is I never get in the argument of film versus um, production or analytics. Yeah. I think you have to do both. And it's funny because some people, which is fair, they said, well, your model, Justin Fields, is better, right? I said, yes, but I'm also studied the film and I have my other out system, yeah. team, teammates, talent around him, games played. So I have yep. other factors, but I can't ignore the numbers, right? Yeah. So oh, I, for sure. So I, I think it's very much like nature and nurture. Yep. I think to say one, to do this well, I think you have to embrace analytics and film study. Yeah. And if you're, I don't think one is better than the other. That's just me. I know there are people right. are. I heard one guy who's an analyst guy he said he's never watched a football game. Wow. I don't understand. I don't That's understand weird, why. Yeah. You know, I don't understand. Well, he's doing it's the DFS stuff. He just it's obviously. Gotcha. But I play because I love the game. Yeah. Right. I, I love the game. Yeah. I saw Josh Allen at Wyoming. I wasn't overly impressed. And I had him on my college fantasy football team. But my model was wrong. Yeah. But what can I learn from it? What can I learn from it? And then there are factors that I'm not privilege to right i'm not at every buffalo bills practice right yeah. like I mean, we're outsiders looking here so there were obviously other skills the ability to learn the ability to adapt and i'll still say this i think josh allen's increase in completion percentage is one of the most individual great things i've ever seen at the nfl for him to nice, complete, yeah. he became drew Brees drew Brees in three years yeah he he Worked on his game and got better at it, you know. And it's also coaching, scheme. Yep. I mean, there are, but he obviously worked hard. But the coaching staff also coached him up. But yeah. he was willing. You know, I always go back to Michael Vick. And I love Michael Vick at Virginia Tech. I had never seen anything like him. He was so far ahead of his time playing at Virginia Tech. And I go back to an interview I saw where Michael Vick said for the first three years as a Falcon, he never watched film. There's no way Josh Allen got better without watching. Film, right. Right. So, I I mean, what could Vic have done if he watched film like Peyton Manning? Right. Yeah. Because he had the arm strength and the athletic. I mean, he was silly. Yep. Look at his first couple of years with the Falcons. Yeah. Michael Vick is off the charts. Yep. And, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Vick got Virginia Tech to the national championship game, and he lost to a, a loaded Florida State team. But man, was Michael Vick good at? Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know what his whole. I didn't know what his work ethic was. I, I'm not in the Virginia Tech locker room. Yeah. And he was good enough to have. He had a great career. Imagine if he actually watched film. I mean, Michael Vick still had a good career. Yeah. I mean, I. I oh, mean, for sure. Him, yeah. Right? Absolutely had a good career. Yep. You know, and I'm taking out whatever happened with the. I get the dog right. thing and eight, and I love dogs. I'm an animal guy. But he paid his debts to society. He lost two years of his career. He spent time in jail. Yep. Um, you know, that's our system. And he came back and he still had a good career, a mini career with the Eagles and Andy yep. Reid, right? Absolutely. Oh, it was the dream team, remember? It was the oh, dream yeah. team. <laughs> the dream team. I mean, can you imagine if he had actually put in the homework of a yeah, man? Not gotten in trouble, putting the homework. Oh, man, for sure. Absolutely. Because he was as talented as any kid. Any young man coming into the NFL. Yep, for sure. So my model is just here. And thank you for having me on, Shane. Yeah, I man. I wanted to talk to you and introduce you. Hey, John, I appreciate your time. I, I like your explanations within your model. I'm glad that we brought your model full circle into mm -hmm. some current events that are going on okay. in the NFL today. Yeah. Um, I had an awesome time, man. Um, this, the nice thing about this, too, is because I, I, too, want this to reach more people for you and to bring them to you. But this will come out on the Super Flexible podcast feed, and then we'll also put it on the Super Flex City feed, hopefully hopefully bring some people to you. So I'm going to get us out of here. I'm Swagzilla Zero G. Like I just said, you'll find that at Super Flex City, Super Flexible. Follow all the stuff out on the Super Flex City feed. John, I stayed pretty true to form, and I had a pretty crummy intro i'm gonna let you tell them all the great places to find you anything else you want to point them in the direction to and and we'll get out of here but man i always appreciate you john you're a super fun dude thank you my friend i love you too i love coming on your shows um find me on twitter at gridiron skull 91 i could not afford the a and the r when i signed up so it is gridiron skull 91 
You can see all of my written work is at footballdiehards.com. It will be my eighth year putting up my profiles this year. So they'll be available starting sometime in early to mid-February. I don't rush my process. I'm not here to be the first. You know, I, I feel really good where my quarterback profiles are, but I still got running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. And right now I have a great product, a great project called the Draft Seminar with my partner, Matt Elliott, and they are going to be 10-minute breakdowns of between the top 44 and 48 college prospects in this year's draft. We're going to be recording five of a week, five prospects a week, wow. start, starting this Sunday. Trevor Lawrence is the first man up. So we're starting with Trevor Lawrence, and we'll do it over the next nine to ten weeks. And you can go to NFL Bible, uh, NFLDraftBible.com or YouTube, and you can find our work there. But five every week starting this Sunday for the next nine to ten weeks. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, and, and if you need to rewind and write all that stuff down cause, and, and do follow John because that's going to be some good stuff, help you through your rookie drafts this year for sure. So stay on top of it like he said, man. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you a ton. We are super flexible from Super Flex City. Are we from Super Flex City? 